Welcome to Coach's Corner. So because I'm on maternity leave, we wanted to mix it up on the weekend for you. All the Wednesday episodes are fresh coaching calls I pre-recorded before I had the baby. And this episode that you're going to hear is an old coaching call that I did several years ago that was one of the crowd's favorites. So maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't, maybe it's a good time to re-listen to it. We can always learn more when we re-listen to something as well. So I hope you enjoy this coaching episode. This is episode 118, Navigating the Mother-Daughter Relationship with Kristen. So today's episode is about one of the most beautiful and also one of the most challenging relationships, the mother-daughter relationship. And all of you out there with daughters or all of you women out there with mothers, I'm sure you're nodding in agreement. And even if you're not the mother of a daughter, or even if you're not a daughter, you're going to get tons of value from this episode because we talk about self-honoring choices. We talk about ultimatums. We talk about how there can often be jealousy from parent to child. We talk about narcissistic relationships. It's a really juicy, deep episode. So as you're listening to my coaching call with Kristen, consider, is there someone in your life who you're not speaking to, you're estranged from, or you just have a strained relationship with? If you grew up with two parents, was there one that was a little more challenging for you to get along with or feel close to? Do you tend to be attracted to date and even marry people that you often feel like you have to earn their love? And do you know what self-honoring choices are? And if so, do you make them regularly? So keep all this in mind as you listen to my call with Kristen. Kristen, welcome to the show. What's your question? I am having some issues with my mother. Uh, She gave me an ultimatum five months ago, basically her way or the highway. And I chose the highway and I'm not quite sure how to proceed. I mean, how do I, I might run into her. She lives locally. I don't know if I should explain to her what's happened or. Are you willing to give me any more of the details in terms of, and and how old, like, you don't have to tell me exact age range, but like age range, how, where are you? I'm 46. Okay. Okay. So, okay. So you're, you're a grown woman. (laughs) I am a grown woman and uh, I just moved back to the United States after um, seven years in Australia, married an Australian man, lived down there. It was a very bad relationship, abusive, Uh, worked a lot of personal uh, growth to get out of there and came back a completely different person. And my mother is having problems with that. She expects me, I guess, still to be responding in the old conditioned patterns, and I just can't anymore. So basically, she told me I did something. I didn't do it. I was supposed to apologize to her for something I didn't do, or she wouldn't be able to have a relationship with me. Okay. So I chose not to have a relationship. Okay. Well, I acknowledge you for standing in your integrity and honoring your truth. I know that was probably very hard because there's probably a lot of patterns that you had to break to be able to do that. So first I acknowledge you in, in making a self-honoring choice, even though it probably feels kind of yucky on the inside. Can you see that it was a self-honoring choice? Yes. Yes, because I did sit with the, you know, sucking it up and just apologizing to her like I normally would have. And I, I just, I felt icky. (laughs) Yeah. It didn't feel. Just didn't feel right. Yeah. 
It didn't feel loving. Like sometimes we think sucking it up and apologizing is the most loving thing to do, but it might, it's more appeasing sometimes. It's more right. wanting to avoid conflict. And we end up hating ourselves and hating the other person <laughs> because we betrayed ourselves and we feel controlled and manipulated by the other. So sucking it up and quoting, quote unquote, being the bigger person, uh, from my point of view, often isn't being the bigger person. It's really about right. truth and love and honesty. So let's chat about this for a second. I think the mother-daughter relationship is, um, it can be a challenging relationship to navigate. And it's an important one. Our mothers in so many ways are our greatest teachers of a lot of different things. So growing up, what was your relationship like with her? I would have said it was okay. I have a great ability to not remember things. Mm. And until after, until now, 40 years later, I'm remembering things that had happened. I'm like, oh, that wasn't really very nice. So I would have said that it was okay. Uh, we did a lot of things together. We were both into horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and in hindsight, I wish she hadn't been because it had been my thing and she kind of butted her way in. Mm-hmm. And she, we were always in competition. Mm. I look a lot like her. Um, everybody thinks I look just like her, but I have my father's personality and I'm, you know, not to sound egotistical, but I'm her just improved. I'm taller. I'm thinner. I'm slightly smarter. I'm more outgoing. I'm more confident. Um, and I always felt like she was in competition with me. Mm. Mm. So, um, how did that show up? Like, um, she constantly, she, she never complimented me without a dig or whenever she talked about somebody else, she would make sure she'd, Oh, they're so pretty or, Oh, they're so smart. Whereas when she talked to my sisters, it wasn't the same. Mm-hmm. So, and even I have to laugh too, even in family photos, they always chose the photo where I looked the worst. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, she's like, well, you're pretty enough that you look better than your sisters do when they have a bad picture. Gotcha. And you're the oldest? I'm the middle. You're the middle. Okay. I'm the Got middle. It. Got it. So in a nutshell, how would you describe your relationship with your mom growing up? I heard that it was bonding over kind of external things, a little competitive, maybe a little passive aggressive. Yes. Yes. I had Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Which part? You're passive aggressive. Mm. Can you see why I said that? Can you can you clarify it for me? I mean, I just she felt you know it seemed very superficial. She was supportive, but it just felt like she was constantly undermining me as well. Yeah, that's kind of what passive aggressive is like. It's like not saying straight out. Um, what you don't like about someone <laughs> or how they're bugging you, but throwing little digs in okay. every now and again or bringing something okay. up later, letting something build and then kind of getting, but, but when you kind of feel like, whoa, where'd that come from? Like, was that comment necessary? It's like, Ooh, ouch. That's kind of being on the receiving end of that. Okay. 
rather than having like a straight out conversation. Um, okay. So I'm going to jump around a bit and then come back to mom. The relationship with the Aussie, in what ways was he like your mom? Very passive aggressive. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, was he like my mom? Actually, it was funny. I thought about this the other day. Um, very, very concerned about appearances. He was a narcissistic personality disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he was very concerned about appearances, looking good. Um, self-inflated opinion of himself. Um, but house built on a house of cards. You know, it was mm-hmm. very easy, very insecure underneath, yeah. which my mother is as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, they are. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, they were both. Um, yeah. So you're in mastering. You've listened to the show, so this probably won't be news to you. But when we didn't get the love that we craved from a parent or the relationship or the safety or whatever, we go and date someone like them very often to try to get it. Right. And what's amazing about where you are is that you got out of the relationship with the man and that you didn't come back and re-engage in the same pattern with mom. So what that tells me is you're ready and you are breaking kind of a contract, breaking a pattern here. So this is huge. This is huge. So what I'd love to discover with you is sort of what that pattern was and what that contract was. So if you look back to your childhood, and I know that memories can be foggy, but just really trust that whatever needs to come forward will. What did you really yearn for from your mom that you didn't get? Attention. What kind of attention? Just loving, non-frazzled. I had I have two sisters who are both very demanding, very difficult personalities, and I was the forgotten child. Mm. So, um, yes, just, you know, just loving attention on my own for who I was, mm-hmm. not because I was the good kid, mm-hmm. non-demanding, you know, quiet, could play by myself. Mm. Um and even the attention we I got when we were riding, it wasn't so much she was doing it to spend time with me. It was because she liked riding and I happened to do it. And and you mentioned being the good kid, follow the rules. So that may be part of the answer to this next question. But who did you need to be to get her love and attention? Um, I just needed to be easygoing. Perfect. Mm. You know. The P word. Yes. One of my, one of my, yes. <laughs> and are you a perfectionist in your life? I am a, a type A perfectionist. Yes. Yeah. Well, of course you are. Cause you think that's what you need to do to be loved, which isn't true. So what's hard sometimes is when we realize that 
just because someone has a child doesn't mean that they know how to parent. And we so want our mothers and fathers to be able to live into this archetype of like mother and father <laughs> and to love us unconditionally and not let their own stuff get in the way. But they're human and oftentimes it does. And it sounds like your mom, like your ex, was very insecure and you were a trigger for her in some ways. When it came to her relationship with your dad, what was that like? And then what was your relationship with your dad? Uh, they had a horrible relationship. They should never have gotten married. And my relationship, I, I adore my father. He is my rock. Um, I have a, I make sure I have a seven-year-old son um, and we go over and make sure we see him and we spend every other Saturday with grandpa. And, uh, you know, he's not perfect, but I, you know, he is my rock. Are your parents still together? No, no. They divorced finally, uh, 17 years ago. But still together for, still together for all of your childhood. Yes. I was 30 when they divorced. So here's this girl who, so let's say I'm your mom and I have, I'm not very self-aware. I'm very insecure. Who knows what my parents were like. And I have this daughter who looks like me, but is prettier, thinner, smarter, and my own husband likes her better, and she likes him better than me. Wow. Oh, wow. Poor mom. Why do you say that? Oh, that would be a horrible feeling. How do you think she's feeling? It would play into all of her insecurities. Right. And I imagine so confusing because you're the daughter and some part of her knows that. Why does her own daughter trigger her so much? Can you imagine what that must be like when your own daughter triggers you so much? But here's the thing. I just want you to imagine it but not take it on and not feel like you're responsible for it. just want you to see it so you can understand and not take this personally and know that you're not doing anything wrong here. Like it's your, your, your simple existence has been triggering for her. And because of that, that's messed with your self-confidence because it's made you doubt deeply who you are and question who you are. Because you're just being you and your own mother was upset by that. That's really confusing. Wow. So then you move to Australia and attract this man. And what's so beautiful about it is he, it was bad enough for you to do some work and for you to start having some boundaries and some separation and for you to come back and be able to say no. In a lot of ways, you say no to that ultimatum from my point of view was 
you saying, mom, I can no longer be who you need me to be to make you feel better. I have to be me. And if that upsets you, I'm sorry, but that's not my responsibility. I have to be me. And I love you and I honor you and I thank you for bringing me into this world. But I have to be me. And I have to be willing to know that I can have people in my life that accept me fully for me. I don't have to convince people to love me like I bet you tried for seven years with a narcissist. Yeah. (laughs) That was a waste of time. But good for me. Yeah. Very good for me. And it was actually my son who got me out of there. Mm. As you often said on the podcast, that the uh, we often do things for our children that we don't do for ourselves. Mm-hmm. How did he get you out? Uh, my husband, ex-husband started abusing him, and that was the point of no return for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How old is your son now? Seven. Seven. Great. We were three when we left. Great. So you got out and you saved yourself and you saved him. So if you were to look at this again from the soul curriculum, spiritual perspective, and we pick our parents, why do you think you picked your mom? What do you think she's here to teach you? I guess uh, that's a tough one. I would never have thought that she was here to teach me somewhat something. Mm-hmm. Our parents are some well, of our never, best teachers. Oh, I didn't realize that I was picking men because my, my husband was the last in a string of very similar men who were like my mother. Mm-hmm. I thought I was going for the antithesis of my father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what would she be here to teach me? What are you passionate about in life? What makes you angry in life? What like what causes or what are you really fired up about? What are you passionate about? Uh, I'm passionate about uh, teaching, mm-hmm. um, but not school teaching. More like I'm studying to be a health coach, mm-hmm. um, helping people better themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? The cruelty makes my 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 vision turned red, mm-hmm. um, especially to those who can't defend themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I love personal growth. I'm uh, getting passionate about that and, you know, helping people uh, attain optimal health and, and, you know, enjoying their best life that they can. Mm-hmm. And do you think that often people that have health challenges have had cruelty in their life and that's the reason why they have health challenges and food issues? Without a doubt, I have uh, I have been diagnosed with chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia now for mm-hmm. 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I realize that that's probably becoming less to do with physicality and more to do with uh, emotional and spiritual. Right, right. So, if you're here to teach people how to make a self-honoring choices, and you're here to help people overcome cruelty. And you're here to help people set boundaries. Can you see why your mom was a good teacher? Why she was a good pick? Yes. When you put it that way, it's crystal clear. Yeah. 
Yeah. So back to your initial question of how do I proceed with the ultimatum? You just keep working on you. You send her higher self love, gratitude for what she's taught you, but stay strong in breaking the pattern of not contorting yourself to make her feel better. Because if you called up and apologized right now, would that truly be authentically what your heart and soul felt was most self-honoring for you? No. What feels most self-honoring for you? Continuing on the path I've been on, which is working on the relationship through the mastery course, um, you know, and then coming to a point where maybe down the road I can talk to her and, and we can come to a better understanding of, you know, if we can have a relationship or not. Yes. And I understand that longing and I encourage you to just let that go. Okay. And just focus on, on you and, and put that in, you know, put that in your prayer. But here's the thing for you to have the kind of conversation with her that I think you're longing for she would have to look at some things in her own life and in how she was as a mother that would be pretty hard for her to face. And she might not be willing or ready or able to do that. Okay. Now. So I have to do this with non-attachment. Correct. And I really get the attachment because it's your mom and I am totally open for miracles and she has Mm -hmm. an awakening and she can see things from your point of view but she just may not be able to because it might hurt too much so as much as the hurt of the ultimatum and the estrangement is there at least at least she doesn't have to look at her end which sometimes is more painful than blaming someone else Right. Yeah, right now she has me taking 100% blame for her 50%. Yeah, 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 (laughs) which is the pattern and which is may lend itself to why you have autoimmune stuff happening. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll just continue working on myself because I know I still, there's still some underlying anger mm-hmm. and everything that I haven't worked through with her yet. Yeah. Um, just continue doing that and, you know, pray, keep myself open for a miracle that, you know, she too has an awakening and, but if not, there's always next life. Yeah. And there's always, you know, seeing her and having a civil kind relationship. Right. You know, if she comes back around or whatever. Sometimes those kind of things, like she might just brush it under the rug, pretend it never happened, and you can have a civil relationship, you know, and and you'll just process it on your own. It may not be ever something you can process with her, and it's just letting that be okay, knowing you have the tools. Okay. Well, that's really... Yeah. So what'd you learn? I learned that I have no reason 
that the guilt I feel for, for taking the highway um, and hurting her feelings is, is the result of doing what was in my best interest, mm-hmm. um, which is the first time I've ever done that with my mother. Yeah. And that um, I chose her as a teacher because she triggers those things that I'm most passionate about Mm -hmm. Um, and that I can learn. And then through my own learning, I'll be able to help other people on their path. Right. What kind of mom do you want to be? What kind of mom are you? Um, Well, I am uh, loving, um, encouraging I allow him to make mistakes and go off on his own within the reasons of a seven-year-old <laughs> um, but I am strict and I mean I, I love I mean I love him I mean he's the most important thing in my life I, I would do anything for him um, and he knows that he feels very secure and do you think it would be healthy or not healthy for him to see you kind of change personality types around your mother and walk on eggshells and do whatever she says just to avoid her being upset? Uh, I think that would be very bad for him because that would be, I don't want him to repeat that. Right. And he'd see you suffering. Right. So, yes, I want to be a great role model for him as well. You are. You are being that, Kristen. I acknowledge you as a mom. I acknowledge you as a daughter. I acknowledge you as a coach. And I acknowledge you as someone who is breaking some pretty fierce patterns here. Keep going. You're right on track. Thank you so much. So I acknowledge Kristen for making such a self-honoring choice. You know, what is a self-honoring choice? Well, it's honest. It's rooted in truth and it comes from love. Even if the other person doesn't like it, doesn't mean we're not coming from love. There's no againstness in a self-honoring choice. You know, Kristen's choice not to give in to the ultimatum was not a choice against her mom. It was a choice for herself. You know, as she made that choice, she was saying, I can no longer be who you need me to be to make you feel better. I have to be me. So let's talk a little bit about this call. As Kristen shared, she didn't remember a lot from her childhood. That's a very common coping strategy. We often start to remember more things from our childhood when we have more tools to deal with them. And she was in competition with her mom. You know, this this is something that actually isn't that uncommon. She was like her mom 2.0. You know, she was, I think she said she was prettier, she was smarter, she was taller. And when she started to talk about that and realize how that could make her mom feel, particularly the part about Kristen getting along better with her dad than her mom was getting along with her own husband, she started to feel compassion for her mom. And I was happy she got there because I think that will help her get to forgiveness and also help her depersonalize the feeling of being in competition with her mother. So one behavior we talked about was the passive aggressive behavior and People that are passively aggressive lack courage. They lack that courage to speak the truth, to have confrontation, to be honest. Again, go back and listen to my 
Coach's Corner on ghosting because even ghosting is kind of like a passively aggressive behavior. You know, people who are passive aggressive are usually just awful with communication and have blind spots to their own role in a disagreement or a challenging relationship. We also talked about how her ex was very much like her mom, not surprising. And we think in heterosexual relationships that for women, we play out issues with our dad, with men, and men play out issues with mom, with women, meaning women date men like dad and men date women like mom. But it's not always the opposite sex parent that we have the most core issues with, as it was with the case with Kristen. She was dating a man that was very much like her mom. Tony Robbins in his interventions often asked two very powerful questions. He asked, whose love did you crave growing up and who did you need to be to get that love? And I asked sort of similar questions to Kristen. I asked her, what did she long for from her mother? And she said, attention. She needed to be good. She needed to follow rules. She needed to be easygoing. She needed to be perfect. And that has made her a perfectionist, which is a compensatory strategy. So Kristen, if you're listening, I encourage you to work on letting that perfectionist tendency go. And I know you're also in my mastery course, so keep working on it there. You also mentioned that your ex-husband was starting to be abusive towards your son. I didn't go down that road with you because there was so much other stuff to cover in this call, but I also just wanted to encourage you that it may be good to get him into some counseling to process that if you haven't already. Often when that type of stuff happens at a very young age, I think Kristen said that she left when her son was three, play therapy is often a great resource for kids that had some kind of trauma, difficult situations, abuse at a very young age. We also talked about what Kristen is passionate about. I asked her that because it's often a direct tie into our spiritual curriculum. And when we were talking about why she picked her mother, you know, our parents are all part of our spiritual curriculum. So when she wasn't really kind of getting to the reason for why she picked her mom, I asked her, well, what are you passionate about? What fires you up? What pisses you off? What gets you angry? And she talked about, you know, cruelty. And then you saw how we connected the dots between cruelty and health issues. And she has a passion for helping people with health issues. And a lot of people with health issues, weight issues, autoimmune issues, they have a past of cruelty, of someone being mean to them, of someone not seeing them for who they really were. So part of her mom and her soul contract was for her mom to not really see her. And when someone doesn't see us, that feels really cruel. And part of Kristen's soul journey has been healing from that cruelty for really seeing herself for who she truly is, for not being cruel to herself. And in that, she's more embodied and inspired to help others. So some takeaways for you. Where are you not making self-honoring choices in your life? Because you're trying too much to please people, not ruffle feathers or upset someone. And maybe it's time to make some self-honoring choices. And where are you also not making self-honoring choices because you're trying to be the bigger person, I put that in air quotes, versus truly speaking your truth. Next, why did you pick your parents? What are they here to teach you? How are they part of your spiritual curriculum? And finally, let go of who you want your parents to be. Really accept the fact that if your mother or father truly saw what they needed to see about themselves to give you the apology you crave, it might break them. They just might not be able to really own that. See yourself the way you wish they would see you. And if you are a parent or desire to be one, commit to breaking any generational patterns that were unhealthy or hurtful to you. 
All right, everybody sending you so much love and many blessings until next time. Thank you for listening to Over It Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 